Hello everyone, and welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the Molecular Medicine Tri-Conference, which ran this past February 2017. We have with us today Michael Messenger and Allison Smith from the University of Leeds, whose poster, Early Cost Effectiveness and Value of Information Analysis to Accelerate Diagnostic Test Research and Development, a Case Study in Acute Kidney Injury, won the poster award at the Tri-Conference Symposia this year. Michael and Allison, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Please describe the research presented in your poster. The research which we presented is part of a wider program of activity that we have running within the UK National Institute for Health Research. We have a piece of infrastructure called the Diagnostic Evidence Cooperative here in Leeds, where we're trying to accelerate new molecular diagnostic tests in vitro diagnostic devices into routine clinical practice in the healthcare system. And globally, there's a challenge with trying to get the evidence base, both for clinical utility and cost effectiveness of these devices. We've created a process which turns the current paradigm on its head by thinking about where the test fits in the care pathway and what the value of this test is to the provider right at the beginning of the R&D process. And using this technique called early economic modeling, we're able to identify the most uncertain and influential parameters within the knowledge base and target these for research and create these efficient research design processes. And my colleague, Alison Smith from the DEC is a health economist, and she actually led this work. So I'm going to hand over to Alison to talk you through the project itself. In this particular project, we were looking at new biomarkers for acute kidney injury in the critical care setting. Because there's so many new tests coming through in this area, it's very difficult for healthcare funders to know which tests should be funded in the NHS here in the UK. So what we really wanted to do with this project was see if we could use our early economic modelling approach and value of information to identify which tests look the best at the moment based on the current evidence base and what particular direction future research would need to go in in order for the healthcare provider to be able to make an informed and evidence-based decision. So in our analysis, we were looking at the three top priority tests, which were identified from our review, and that was Nefrocheck, Engal, Cystatin C. And from our analysis, we were able to pick out whether the tests look viable at the moment, which they do look potentially cost-effective, but then following on from that, what the main uncertainty is around those tests. Um, And there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment, and we were able to show the direction that future research would need to go in in order to make a better informed decision of which tests or tests to adopt. I think one of the key findings from this piece of work, which I'm particularly excited about, is it it really demonstrates to funders and the helping care system what the value of further research is. So one of the number one parameter which we found to be highly uncertain, we actually estimate the value of reducing the uncertainty within that to be around about 400 million pounds, I think, from memory, which to get the evidence on that piece of research, it's not going to cost us anywhere near that. It's probably going to cost us tens of thousands of pounds to reduce that source of uncertainty. And as we've been doing more and more of these types of early models, what we're finding is that the test itself is often not the most uncertain and influential parameter within the information base. And because diagnostic tests fit within care pathways, and there's a lot of other factors that actually influence whether the test is clinically and cost-effective, 
what we're finding is that it's often things like the incidence or the prevalence of disease or the effectiveness of the interventions or the disutility of a particular procedure versus another procedure that we are most uncertain about. And actually, they're the key parameters that are driving the cost effectiveness, not the diagnostic accuracy, which is traditionally what test developers would focus on. And this for us is really interesting because it enables us to target our research more effectively around the key areas of uncertainty for decision makers rather than the traditional approach, which is to continuously develop more and more and more evidence of diagnostic accuracy, which is not what the reimbursement process needs. So this, for us, really helps to drive our research agenda towards the information that's needed by the health and care system to purchase technologies quicker and to work with companies to generate this evidence in a quick and effective manner. What made you choose to get into your field of research? So for me, I did my undergraduate degree in biotechnology which had all sorts of different types of biological applications in plant science, in microbiology, stem cell engineering and genetic manipulation. And I've taken a fairly diverse career path. I started off as an analytical chemist in the pharmaceutical industry. I then moved to become a microbiologist. I then did my PhD in stem cell research and tissue engineering. And as I developed through that process of my career, I took a particular interest in measurement science and metrology and understanding how to make good measurements and developing assays that made good measurements of biomolecules. And that's what really got me into diagnostics and clinical diagnostics. And I then worked within the UK NHS, uh, developing, evaluating and implementing new diagnostic assays and my current role as head of personalized medicine and health and as deputy director of the diagnostic evidence cooperative is really around trying to bring together all of the new molecular and big data clinical decision type algorithms and to drive them into routine use into the NHS. And I find that really fascinating. It feels like what we're doing is actually going to lead to benefits for patients at the end of the day as well. So I did my undergrad in maths and philosophy, actually, so it's a bit of a random combination. And from that, I wasn't really sure what to do with that as a career. And I heard about health economics as a subject area randomly from a friend of the family. And I looked into it a bit and it just sounded really interesting. And it's a perfect combination of the type of quantitative skills I have from maths and then the sort of ethical issues as well tied up in the subject. And when I started here at Leeds University in England, as a health economist, I got involved with NIHR Diagnostic Evidence Cooperative here, and that's when I started getting interested in diagnostic test evaluations. And I think it's a really interesting area to be in at the moment because of the number of new tests coming to market. The methodology in this area is still evolving, so there's a lot to do, especially for health economists and statisticians in this area. And it's such a growing field, so in our unit here at Leeds, we've now got a test evaluation group, and like with Mike now heading the Precision Medicine Group. There's so much going on, especially in Leeds, so I think it's a really exciting field to be in. What were some of your favorite talks at the Tri-Conference this year? So I really enjoyed the whole program at Molecular Tricon this year. I think the particular track for me was the Tuesday morning session on precision medicine, which had some really interesting talks from Daisy Gray, who was looking at precision cancer medicine at the bedside. I'm a provider perspective, and this really aligns with what I've been trying to do in Leeds about what are the needs of patients, the population, and the providers, and how can we make precision or personalized medicine work for us in the real world, and to actually take all the great science and innovation that's going on at the bench side 
and put it into clinical practice. And it was great to hear that colleagues over the pond are also struggling with some of the same challenges that we are. And then Kenna Mills, she did a really great talk, again, on precision oncology and trying to get the right drugs for the right patients at the right time and using decision support and some of the challenges that U.S. providers face in getting the variant calling consistent between organizations and sharing data and trying to do big personalized medicine initiatives. So I think that was my favorite track. And what attracted you to the tri-conference this year? We're looking to grow our network base with industry, particularly the molecular diagnostic and big data health informatic industry. And it had been on my agenda as a conference I'd wanted to go to for quite a long time. But we took a UK delegation actually from Leeds out there. We brought our local enterprise partnership with us, the LEP, who were looking at uh, trying to develop the growth and wealth of the region. And we made a lot of contacts there. And the contacts we made were all at a really good level. It was either CEO or CTO level people from companies who were able to make decisions, who were able to talk about research collaborations and partnering opportunities. So that was really helpful. Thank you for your time and your insights today, Michael and Allison. That was Michael Messenger and Allison Smith from the University of Leeds. They were the poster award winner for the symposia at the Molecular Medicine Tri-Conference, which took place this past February 2017. I'm Caitlin Waters. Thank you for listening.